Good morning again, gentlemen, and thank you for coming in at this ungodly hour. Now, we've had an unexpected hit with that, uh, whatchamacallit. A doctor in the house, sir. Why, you unwell? No, no, I meant the film. Oh, yes, it was a great hit. So, what do you think our best course of action would be now? Cash in mercilessly, I'd say, sir. Cash in mercilessly indeed, Smithers-Jones. There may be a place for you on the board yet. So, with that in mind, I'd like to get you all working on a sort of carry-on-style film franchise. Uh, sorry, sorry, sir, if I could just stop you there. No, what is it, Simpkins? Uh, carry-on. It isn't a thing yet, sir. Not been created. Another three or four years yet, sir. Really? Yes, sir. Three or four. Right. Well, in any case, I want a strong, generic franchise that gives the public more of what they want. Or, at the very least, gives the public more of what we want to give them, sir. Quite right, SJ. Do know there may be a place on the board for you yet. Sir, sir, should we get the same team together, sir? Same cast, crew, uh, whatnot? Well, some, certainly. Definitely get that matinee idol chap back, you know, the, the one who looks a little like Cliff Richard. Oh, sir, sir, not famous yet, sir. Cliff Richard has not been discovered yet. Really? Yes, uh, not for another three or four years. Right, well, that chap anyway. And let's get a gorgeous ingenue in there too. Preferably a foreign. I know just the one, sir. French starlet called Bardot. Oh, yes, just the thing. A blonde bombshell. Sir, sir, not yet, sir. Blonde, that is. Not for... Three or four um, years, yes, okay. Actually, more like one, sir. Well, get her anyway. Hang on a minute, sir. I know Carry On hasn't been created yet, but we will still have Joan Sims in this film, won't we? Oh, good God, uh, yes. yes. Of, of course. course. Yeah, yeah. Naturally, naturally. Hello, it's Matt. And Gavin. From the Britpop Movies of a Certain Age podcast. And today, we will be looking at the rank comic caper from 1955, Doctor at Sea. To keep herself occupied during one lengthy early 50s train journey, the film producer Betty Box happened upon a copy of Richard Gordon's 1952 semi-autobiographical comic novel, Doctor in the House. Seeing potential... She adapted it for the big screen. With Ralph Thomas handling the directing chores and a superb ensemble cast, headed by the young rising star Dirk Bogart, the film became Britain's biggest box office hit of 1954 and a huge feather in the cap of the rank organisation. So plans were swiftly made to adapt another of Gordon's books in the series, Doctor at Sea. Doctor in the House benefited from being played out largely as a series of vignettes. Indeed, the story takes place over a timeline of about five years. But despite some adventures on dry land and an extended party scene, the largely shipbound setting of Doctor at Sea does come across as rather claustrophobic and repetitive by comparison. It lacks the lightness of touch that distinguished the first movie. And whilst quite a number of the supporting cast of Doctor in the House reappear here in different roles, the ensemble chemistry of that film is less successful here. The somewhat schoolboyish pranks and girl-chasing antics that could be seen as forgivable amongst a bunch of students, despite most of the actors being well into their 30s, come across as rather sleazy and predatory when played out by a bunch of professional sailors. Maurice Denham's unlikely Lothario Stuart Easter and the usually excellent Michael Medwin's ginger-bearded third officer trail being prime examples. I say, what a smashing-looking girl. I wonder who that belongs to. So, despite its box office success, Doctor at Sea would likely be held by posterity as one of the lesser entries in the series, were it not for the presence of the then-rising French starlet, 20-year-old Brigitte Bardot. 
just over a year away from international iconhood with her breakthrough role in then-husband Roger Vadim's movie And God Created Woman. Her on-screen romance with Bogart may not come across as entirely convincing, but she exudes beauty, charisma and sheer star quality in every scene in which she appears. Returning star Dirk Bogard, once again portraying the keen, if rather naive, Dr Simon Sparrow, was by this point very much in the matinee idol middle phase of his career. He succeeds in the role by playing it straight and light, with his natural, slightly aloof, disinterested air, which works beautifully in all but the romantic scenes. After stealing every scene in Doctor in the House as irascible surgeon T.M. Sir Lancelot Spratt, the great James Robertson Justice this time navigates the considerably more prominent role of the ship's Captain Hogg. Delivered with his usual aplomb, even if the character as written doesn't have the moments of subtlety and empathy that Spratt exhibited in the first film. Always best when unencumbered by any romantic interests, he went on to return as Spratt, his best remembered character, in each of the subsequent movies. Although not up to the standard of the first film, Doctor at Sea was another success, becoming the third most popular movie at the British box office in 1955. And it established the Doctor saga as a viable film series, making five more film sequels up to 1970, which moved through the gears from tolerable to dire. Not to mention setting the precedent which would be adopted by Thomas's director brother Gerald with his Carry On series of films beginning in 1958. Despite its obvious shortcomings, it's still an enjoyable little movie and it's showing only on Talking Pictures TV on Monday the 22nd of February at 2.30pm. Until then, I've been Matt Bragg and I'm still Gavin Lazarus. I don't approve of women, they're unseemanlike and unnecessary. But surely, sir, even a seaman has to get launched somehow.